Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I didn't have that information. The My team didn't have that information. You heard the deputy, the, the department didn't have that information. We had no information regarding the fact that there was lists specifically targeted Canadian diplomats and locally engaged staffing. So there's our foreign affairs minister, Melanie Jolie, who knows nothing about uh, the story that members of the Canadian embassy staff in Kiev were on Russian kill lists. Knows nothing about it. Well, possibly that's true. But it sounds awfully a lot like what happened in, uh, in Kabul. And the minister has said that uh, she would invite the National Security and Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians to review the issue. Sounds good. Until you realize that when that particular committee files a, a report, the report goes to the PMO and to the Prime Minister of the day, and the Prime Minister of the day then has the power to redact as much as he or she wishes from that particular report. So it's uh, sometimes it's just following the breadcrumbs. Hi, everybody. It's the Roy Green Show. I'm back in the studio, not broadcasting from home anymore. I've put a little distance between us and COVID and testing. And, you know, if there's any symptoms, of course, you get tested. But uh, back in the studio, it's so much better. Oh, my God, it's so much better. I would sit in my house. First of all, I don't like doing the, the show from home. You're sitting at a table that, yeah, it's not meant for that. And the equipment is okay, but it's not great. And then each time one of my neighbors fires up a pickup truck or a lawnmower, I've got to turn off the microphone. Anyway, wow, wow, wow. I hope you had a good week. I hope you'll stay with us for the weekend. There's a lot coming up today. Later on, we'll talk to Sheldon Kennedy. We uh, now know that the chair of the board for Hockey Canada, Michael Brindamore, is stepping down. And Mr. Kennedy is saying that... Uh, the entire board and the CEO and the management structure of Hockey Canada needs to step down. I think he's absolutely correct. We'll talk to Sheldon later on today. Anyway, let's get started with this, and it has to do with uh, the situation in Ukraine and Canada. And what we just heard the Foreign Affairs Minister say, um, Boris Rezhnevsky is with me, former Liberal Member of Parliament, member of the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress. He sat with Justin Trudeau during Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky's address to the Canadian Parliament. Mr. Trudeau invited Mr. Zelensky to uh, be there. Boris, I'm sorry, I always, I always mangle your last name. I'm going to work on it. You're not the only one. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you, Roy. Before we talk about the embassy issue and what may have been known or not known in your sense of what may have gone on or not gone on, as far as kill lists are concerned from the Russians, can we just start with uh, Operation Unifier? So the federal government has said that they will resume working Operation Unifier in which Canadian forces train uh, Ukrainian forces. They'll do it in the UK, sort of piggybacking onto a British military program. Um, I've never quite understood why we stopped doing that just before the Russians invaded Ukraine. But what do you know about the situation? What do you understand about it? And I know there's something you can share with us that perhaps most Canadians don't know about. Well, Roy, uh, you're, you're quite right. There was an abandonment um, on a number of levels. 
uh, prior to Russia's invasion. And everyone had information from the Americans that made it quite clear uh, what Russia's and Putin's intent was. It was a wholesale invasion. Uh, there were kill lists that were talked about publicly that the Americans uh, shared that information. Perhaps they didn't have specific names on those uh, lists, but it was quite clear uh, that uh, they were uh, extensive lists and what the consequences would be for those people uh, under Russian occupation. Uh, and there was uh, perhaps uh, a panic to uh, to get out of Ukraine. Uh, so we weren't standing by Ukraine. Um, and uh, the abandonment of long-serving Ukrainian uh, staff at Canada's embassy uh, is one example of that. Another example of abandonment um, was our uh, Operation Unifier project, uh, probably the most substantive contribution that we've made to Ukraine's military, along with allies like the UK and the US and others. Uh, it has trained thousands of Ukrainian soldiers and uh, provided the Ukrainian armed forces with uh, a Western-level effectiveness in, fi uh, in fighting the Russians. Uh, unfortunately, what happened was a couple of weeks prior to uh, Russia's invasion, uh, that project was shut down. So de facto, uh, at the time of Ukraine's greatest need, at the time of Ukraine's armed forces' greatest need, we shut down the operation. And uh, it's perhaps understandable that we'd want to move the locale of the training mission out of Ukraine. But there was no reason to, to abandon the whole operation and abandon Ukrainians. Uh, it could have been moved across the border to Poland or to another country. And uh, in fact, there was a, uh, a conference call, public conference call, uh, with the Prime Minister, with uh, senior ministers of the Canadian government, and uh, many members, uh, leaders within the Ukrainian-Canadian community on the eve of uh, Russia's invasion, where I made that specific point to the Prime Minister. I said, Prime Minister, we have de facto shut down the most important mission and abandoned Ukraine and the Ukrainian armed forces. Why can we not talk with the Poles? And I, I was uh, on the phone from the UN uh, where I had spoken with the Polish uh, representation, uh, where I would made that suggestion. And I passed that information on. The Prime Minister uh, uh, turned it over to Minister Anand and uh, to look into it. Uh, Canadian officers, soldiers who were part of this mission, uh, went on to other countries, were sent out of countries, and the mission was wrapped up strategically a terrible mistake. If you are going to stand by our ally Ukraine, you don't abandon them on the eve of a war. You find other ways of doing it. Now, five and a half months on, uh, finally we have an announcement. Uh, and as you said, we're piggybacking off the Brits. The Brits, the Americans have had training missions, ongoing training missions for months. We haven't been able to get this off the ground. But it's announced on the morning before Minister Jolie, who 
uh, uh, who uh, you had record uh, you had a recording of at the top of the show uh, before a very embarrassing uh, committee hearing uh, where uh, the government was called to task by the Ukrainian Canadian Congress, uh, by uh, 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 parliamentarians, uh, by uh, Ukraine's ambassador, and uh, I, it almost uh, has the appearance, and I was in the government, so I know how these things are done, uh, you try to put out a good news story ahead of a bad news situation. Uh, so the timing is suspect. It should have been done. It's five and a half months late, and it's not as if anyone had not connected the dots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is clearly a second example of the abandonment of Ukrainians. So there are a lot of moving parts here, and I, I have to take a break in a moment, and then we'll talk more. But I just want to come back to something you said. Most Canadians are likely not aware, uh, as you just shared with us, Boris, that there was a conference call including the Prime Minister, and it wasn't a secret conference call, but it was a conference call, and this whole issue about the training mission for the Ukrainian military to be trained by the Canadian military was brought up, and the Prime Minister, you told us, turned it over to Minister Anand, the Defence Minister, and then it was shut down. That sounds to me like there was either a follow-up that was unsatisfactory, or there was no follow-up, and here we are. What I found interesting is that this training mission was announced to be uh, being resumed just days after Canada was, shall we say, criticized for falling behind on its UN commitments. Sometimes you just take the, the dots and you connect them and you have a story. But did you expect more, and I have to take a break in about 30 seconds, did you expect more from the Prime Minister or from that conference call you were on about Operation Unifier? Absolutely. Although I had seen the government on the inside, so I, I know that oftentimes there's a disconnect between our uh, public pronouncements of uh, the Prime Minister and others, uh, but everyone understood that this would be a war whose intent was to eradicate the Ukrainian state and the Ukrainian people, a democratic country of 44 million. And we really, all of the leaders of the Ukrainian Canadian community felt that the Prime Minister was reaching out uh, because uh, he wanted to do something significant. Boris, when you hear th- th- this this story, and, and I'm sure you know, I'm thinking you have a better idea, a better sense of what this is about than most of us. What's your take on what may have happened, or what's your take on what you think happened as far as this issue with the Canadian Embassy in Kiev is concerned? Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that the minister is trying to preempt, uh, whether by tweets or by uh, raising it during a committee hearing, um, is interesting, and uh, she's trying to steer it in a particular direction to avoid embarrassment for the government. Because if it goes to National Security Intelligence Committee, uh, it does not report to Parliament. Uh, this will not be. Uh, publicly available information, and she's citing security reasons. Well, look, there are no security secrets here. Uh, It's an issue of uh, staff, long-serving staff, Ukrainian staff, uh, being put in serious jeopardy. Uh, So there are no secrets. It was public information at that time. Uh, So it should be looked at by a committee of parliament and reported back to parliament. 
uh, if uh, by any chance there's some uh, uh, security-sensitive information, uh, a committee can obviously go in camera. Uh, But it's trying to direct it away so there's an appearance of transparency um, and accountability when, in fact, there isn't. So that deals with that particular part of it. But it's what had happened, and time will hopefully reveal uh, whose decisions these were, uh, but fundamentally, it's morally reprehensible. We've abandoned uh, Afghan translators to Taliban killers, and we uh, had made a decision to abandon uh, Ukrainian uh, staffers to uh, uh, FSB assassins and torturers. And if they're concerned about security, where was that concern uh, when it came to those staffers? Uh, Some of those staffers had served over a decade. Uh, I know some of them personally. And uh, they have served Canada so well, and served Cana- they've served Canadians who've gotten themselves in trouble uh, so well over the years. Uh, but beyond that, uh, they are privy to uh, sensitive, high-level, secure information. Uh, they have that sort of trust. They work closely with the ambassadors, the various ambassadors, and multiple ambassadors. I was in meetings... Uh, uh, closed-door meetings between uh, ministers from Canada and ministers in Ukraine where they took part in those meetings. Uh, There were meetings between prime ministers and Ukraine's presidents where these staffers were present. What a coup that would be for the FSB to capture some of these uh, Ukrainian staffers from the Canadian embassy. The FSB torturers uh, would go to work on them, and they would have the sort of insights that would prove invaluable. So, of course, the moral malleability uh, uh, that we're seeing from the government, and uh, it's, it's reprehensible. Uh, we should have taken a principled stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, geez, we, it goes without saying. We, they, they even took the artwork out of the residence of the ambassador yeah. to make sure that that got packed up. And I have to. I just have abandoned to abandon the people. I have to jump in here it's because a security of the question as well. Yeah, I have to jump in because of the time. But I just want to say this: we knew as that invasion was coming, we'd been hearing that there were kill lists of Ukrainians that the Russians had. And I thought at the time, well, you know, embassy staff, I did. I thought embassy staff would be particularly vulnerable. And here we are with a foreign affairs minister who it appears to me is way over her head as far as her skill sets are concerned. And, um, and, and, and she's professing not to know anything. The entire department doesn't know anything, but the whole country's talking about it. It doesn't work. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.